for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Dennis Brown, who's a former Super Bowl champion of your San Francisco 49ers. He also does the pre- and post-game show over on KNBR, and he's also a podcast host here on The Athletic, the Here's the Catch podcast. We'll talk to him about the 49ers and the Seahawks this Sunday as well as a look back on how the 49ers have put together this three-game win streak, over 30 points in all three of these games. They've gone over 150 yards rushing in all three of these games. They've also won the turnover battle in all three of these games. Those are a recipe for success in the NFL, all things we can talk about with Dennis Brown, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, December 1st. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Dennis Brown. He's a former Super Bowl champion, pre- and post-game host on KNBR, and you hear him on the Here's the Catch podcast right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Dennis, great to have you back on, man. How are you? Oh, man, it's going good. It's been a great three weeks, hasn't it? It's it's great watching this 49er team go out and kind of do what they what they should have been doing, in my opinion, since since the, the beginning of this football season. So it's been a good three weeks following this team. You notice I waited until they won three in a row before I asked you to come on. I was like, I don't want to get you on during the losing streak, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it has been good. I mean, with the talent level that's on this football team, it's good to see them finally kind of put it together on offense and defense. I think last week we saw a little bit of a lapse in the special teams. But still, it, it was on all levels – it's been good watching this team kind of kind of play up to their their expectations at the beginning of the football season. So, three wins in a row. Now you go on the road to your division rival, the Seattle Seahawks, and we saw them play last night and and I think Russell Wilson's a little off, maybe came back a little too early, but this is an opportunity to start stacking some wins and I think right now that's what this team kind of needs. Yeah, Russ did look a little bit better on Monday night. A couple of deep passes to Tyler Lockett that he caught. But you're right, uh, throwing that interception uh, as time expired or at the very end of the game there in the uh, the two-point conversion situation cost them the game. Still tough to go up to Seattle and win. But let me ask you about the game on Sunday, uh, where for me that was one of the more impressive wins of the last three. I know the Rams one was unexpected. They just sort of beat him down. Then the Jaguars, you did what you were supposed to do against Jacksonville, but this game, they came out and not everything was clicking early. I think that's, for me, why it was more impressive because they weren't at their best early on. Jimmy Garoppolo was not accurate. They went down early with an interception and then allowed the Vikings to come back and score on them on the other end, and it was kind of a shootout. They knew they were going to have to score, and they were able to do so. So I know you identified the special teams as maybe a little bit of an issue in that game because, obviously, a kick uh, return for a touchdown. They had some problems on the receiving end of special teams and missed a field goal as well. What do you think? What do you identify as, as maybe the key turning point in that game I thought the drive before the end of the first half where they marched down and get some points and Jimmy was fantastic right before the end of the first half for me that's sort of where the game hinged in my mind and you hit it right on the head they came out and they looked like they weren't clicking at first you saw Jimmy Garoppolo throw that interception but I I I think the turn of the game the big part the big turn of the game momentum change in the game was when Kyle Shanahan had that little conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo on the sidelines I don't know what he said to him but after that, the team kind of calmed down a little bit. Jimmy kind of calmed down a little bit. And you went back to the recipe that wins football games for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, and that's that run game. Eliza Mitchell, give him the football. Let him run the football. He's so good with that stretch read type of offense that they run to get to the edges. And then you get Debo in there. So the team went back to what the recipe that won those previous two football games. And what I liked about the team is that they stayed to their identity. It kind of got away, got away from them early in the football game. But the team calmed down, and they played well. And guys made plays, and that's what it's all about. Jimmy Garoppolo made some good throws. 
he put the team in position to win the football game. Successful, you know, first and second downs and then manageable third down. The run game, the defense came out, played well. Nick Bosa gets another sack. I think he's got 11 on the season. And you saw a lot of good play by DJ Jones and and, uh, Kevin Givens in the middle. Linebacker stood up. And then the secondary, which is always a question mark. There were some penalties, yeah. It went back to maybe the third week in the season when you start seeing some of those holding and some of those PIs. But the defense calmed down and they made plays. And here's the big thing. The defense caused turnovers. And that's important in an NFL football game. You have big plays on offense and also big plays on defense. So I I was impressed because, you know, they beat a Rams team, a good Rams team. And then they did, like like you said, they went to Jacksonville and beat up on, on not a very good Jacksonville football team. But now you turn around and you play the Minnesota Vikings. That's a good football team. A lot of weapons on the offensive side. And you're able to play some good, efficient, clean football. Yeah, they looked really good, I thought, uh, after they righted the ship on uh, on Sunday against the Vikings. Question for you about Kyle Shanahan for the first part of the season, because I think, I think everybody would agree that the bottom-out point, the the uh, rock-bottom point for the Niners was losing to Colt McCoy, and that's why division games are so weird. Even with as bad as Seattle has been going up there this week, uh, it's going to be a tall task just because you got to go on the road, you got to play a division opponent who knows you well. But when you look back at the way things were going for the Niners, and you talked about making plays, and people were coming down on D'Amico Ryans and saying maybe they already needed a change and D coordinator Kyle was on the hot seat, people were saying, just because uh, uh, things were not getting in rhythm for him. Do you think that a lot of this has to do with, obviously it's, it's playmaking and they sort of go hand in hand, but do you think he's in a, in a damn good rhythm right now at play calling? It feels like it. I think after Raheem went down, I think maybe Kyle Shanahan maybe lost a little confidence in his offense. And then his, you know, he was trying to figure out his offensive line. And then I, I think without Raheem, he was trying to be a little too creative. I think now he's he's found Elijah Mitchell, and he kind of trusts him. He believes that he's going to run the ball the way he wants the ball to be ran. He may have lost a little confidence. Maybe he got into his own head a little bit. But the last three weeks, you've seen him kind of go back to what wins football games, the recipe that wins for the 49ers, and that's just that run game. And there's nothing wrong with having a heavy run game. I know the NFL, you want to be wide open and throw the ball down the field. But I think Kyle Shannon kind of understands what he has in his quarterback. His quarterback's not going to make these long passes down the field, down the perimeter. He's a guy that needs to, to be able to manage a football game, and he needs a strong defense, and he needs a strong running game. And that's when Jimmy Garoppolo it plays at his best, when he has those two components. And then he can kind of sit back in the pocket, and that offensive line has really stood up, I think, in the last three, four weeks. They've really come together as a group. They've given Jimmy a nice pocket to throw the ball, you know, his receivers are running good routes. Jawan Jennings is stepping up. And Debo's in the backfield to help in the running game. So I think Kyle Shannon just kind of said, listen, I got to trust the guys I have out there. And, you know, there there was probably a mourning period when Raheem went down. But I think he's kind of found his rhythm. I don't know. Coaches being in rhythm sounds kind of weird. It's all based on what he has on the football field and the productivity on the field. And also what your defense does. I mean, playing against Minnesota – They were playing from behind a little bit, but that third quarter, they exploded. And the defense answered by getting off the football field and causing turnovers. So I think Kyle Shanahan, yes, he's in a rhythm now, but his offense is in a rhythm. The guys are making plays on the offense. So it's it's it kind of all comes together and it's kind of cool to watch it come together. 
Yeah, I think we all undersold the Raheem Mostert injury. As big of a player as he is in this offense, I think they were relying on him to carry a big part of this load. And, and when he wasn't there, they, they had to turn to Elijah Mitchell. It does feel like they're in rhythm more. But part of this, too, Dennis, is the team has gotten more healthy offensively. George Kittle came back. Brendan Ayuk emerged again back into the offense. Debo Samuel was at 100%, it felt like, entering this season. And now over 1,000 yards receiving. However, they're going to be without him on Sunday against the uh, the Seahawks. How big of, a, uh, of an impact do you think that makes in the offense? He does only have two catches over the last two games, but as you mentioned, out of the backfield is where he's really tough to cover. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's MVP of that football team. What he's done this season has been incredible. And then you see him in the backfield, you know, rushing the ball like he's a running back. He's a he's a receiver, but he runs like he's a running back. So that's going to be missed. But like I said, you know, Jawan Jennings has, has really kind of showed up the last couple weeks. He's going to have some load. You see, you know, Brandon Ayuk, has kind of reemerged. That uh, his his rookie season had an amazing rookie season, kind of disappeared early in the year, and now he's slowly and slowly coming on. So a lot of catches down the field. So we'll see what they do to kind of. It's kind of hard to replace a Debo because he adds so much to your offense, a different level to your offense. But again, Kyle Shanahan has has a lot of weapons on this football team, uh, and he's got some other receivers that he can put out there, you know, to make some catches. But it all it's all predicated on that run game. I don't know what got into this Elijah kid, but, you know, he's beat up right now. He's got that the ribs. He's got the finger. He's got the screw in his hand, you know, but he is still running very hard. So long as he can he can run the ball hard and get those five, three, four yards a pop, I think this offense clicks. But, again, it goes back to your defense. Your defense has to make plays. Your defense has to get some takeaways to make it a little bit easier on your offense. Well, that's the other part of this is on Sunday, and we'll ask you this on the way out here, they'll be without probably their best defensive player. Fred Warner going to miss the first game in his four-year career uh, out of BYU, the third rounder with the 49ers. What do you make of this, and, and how big of a of a deal is this? I mean, obviously, he mentioned earlier this week, or I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, he said, I'm not playing my best football this year. i got to step it up. i got to ball hawk a little bit more. i got to be out there making plays. They've been making plays the last couple of weeks, and now he's not going to be there. I think we all remember the big Dre Greenlaw tackle from a couple of years ago at the on the goal line, Dan Bunz like up in Seattle, but to, but what do you make of this loss this week? And and again, it's another like Debo situation. It's obviously a big impact, but how do they overcome this on the defensive side of the ball? And you're right. You know, Fred Warner started the season off. He and he got that big contract. I think he was trying to do a little too much, but he's he's really come on the last couple of weeks. Now to lose him, I mean, he's your play caller. He's your quarterback on defense. He gets everything set up. He's got the green dot. Everybody kind of has to step up, right? I mean, you know, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, I, I think Dre, Dre Greenlaw might be up, but Marcel Harris. All those guys, they have to step up. But, you know, if that, if that front four can get some pressure on Russell Wilson, kind of corral him a little bit, get in his face a little bit, makes it a lot easier for that linebacking crew. But it's like everything in the NFL. You know, next man up, but you got to play at a super high level. And I think, again, I think it's a talented linebacker crew. These guys will play well against Seattle, but it, it's all predicated on your technique, of course. It's also predicated on what you're going to get done up front as far as your front four goes. But that's a huge loss because Fred Warner is probably, I think, the best linebacker in the National Football League, so he will be missed. And then one more for you, Dennis. Uh, yeah, Fred Warner's been fantastic, but as far as D Ford, man, I mean, this is a guy who's maybe one of the more frustrating guys on the 49ers, but when he's out there, it's fantastic. I mean, you, you love to have him out there. You love the playmaking that he brings. He helps Nick Bosa out. How big of a deal would it be to get him back here in the final stretch of the season? It'd be great, but I, I, I'm not going to bank anything on it. I mean, he is he is up and down. But when he's in the football game, I mean, what he plays, just being on the other side of Nick Bosa, he just brings so much. And, you know, teams are going to start sliding to Nick Bosa now. He's got 11 sacks. 
probably going to go to the Pro Bowl, but there's going to be a lot of chipping, a lot of tight end. So it's going to free up someone. Whoever's on that other side really has to shine. And if it and if it's if it's uh, D Ford, just imagine D Ford and they're going one on one. You know, every third down snap. I mean, the 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 pressure he brings off that corner is amazing. He makes everybody else look better. Eric Armstead plays so much better when there's a D Ford lining up outside of him. So you know, whoever's on that other side. That bookend in Nick Bosa is going is to have to shine because he's going to be one-on-one most of the time during the football game. But if you can get D Ford, and you're right, he's the most frustrating player I've ever covered <laughs> because when he's in there, it's like, oh, my goodness. But it's so hard for him to be in there. And, and you know, I, I know he's got that back. back is, backs are tough. I had a back injury. It's hard to play with a back injury in the NFL. But when he's in there, man, he is amazing what he does. Just his quickness off the football and his ability to kind of bend the corner and just get just get pressure, get a quarterback to kind of climb the pocket. But uh, again, I'm not going to bank on it, but I am banking on whoever's going to be on the other end there. You got to shine because you're going to be one-on-one. All you got to do is beat one guy and you'll be at the quarterback. Yeah, he's like a Sunday driver, but he just, he's just never out there driving. He's like a Sunday yeah. driver that sits in the garage. So, hey, Dennis, I appreciate the time, man. Cool. Always fun talking ball with you, catching up. And, uh, and we'll talk a couple of weeks when the Niners are back home, man. Most definitely, bro. Thanks a lot for having me. Great stuff from Dennis Brown. Yeah, make sure you check him out on the Here's the Catch podcast right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Also, pre- and post-game, KNBR 104.5 and 680 before and after every 49er game. Does a great job covering the 49ers and fun to talk ball with. And it's it's funny, like, being that he's a uh, a former Super Bowl champion and, and a lifetime 49er himself, he does get frustrated with some of these guys who won't get on the field. But uh, as far as the injuries are concerned this week, Marcel Harris dealing with concussion protocol. Dre Greenlaw re-injured that core muscle, they said, and Fred Warner going to be out this week. So Aziz Alshire and then probably someone coming up off of the practice squad to help the 49ers out. We'll see what happens as the week progresses, but it could be a tough one against the Seattle Seahawks. I know the record isn't good. I heard Aziz Elshire in an interview earlier this week saying, yeah, it doesn't matter what the record is. It's Seattle. It's a divisional game. These count for two. Thank you to Dennis. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you all the best stories in Bay Area sports. We've got baseball to talk about throughout this offseason. But first, we'll focus on that Seahawks game with Michael Sean Duger, who covers the Seahawks for The Athletic. That's coming up on Friday and then next week. Into some more baseball discussion as we try to get through this lockout and maybe get to the start of a regular season on time. That's all coming in the days and weeks ahead. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.